the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. I have said this commandment to you that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him that he might fear me. So he feared me and was reverent before my name. The priests were qualified to serve in the temple because they were descendants from the tribe of Levi. Only the tribe of Levi was authorized to serve God in the temple. They were set apart for the services of God. The priests took the office of serving in the priesthood for granted and forgot the covenant which God made with Aaron and his grandson Phinehas. It was a great privilege to be a priest. It was a great privilege to minister in the temple and to teach the law of God to the people. But the priests had no fear of God, and their hearts were not right with God, even though they were descendants from the tribe of Levi, which was the only tribe that God set apart to do services unto him. Let me show you back historically, biblically, uh, some associated texts with what we just shared. Look at Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Are y'all keeping up with me? Numbers chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Look what it says there. Now behold, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore the Levites shall be mine. See there? The Levites shall be whose? God's. Mine. Because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast, they shall be mine. I am the Lord, priest set apart uh, for divine purposes and services unto the Lord. In Numbers chapter 1, verses 47 through 54. In Numbers chapter 1, verses 47 through 54. Look what it says here, beloved. Numbers 1, 47 through 54. But the Levites were not numbered among them by their father's tribe. For the Lord had spoken to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not number, nor take a census of them among the children of Israel. But you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, over all its furnishings, and over all things that belong to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings. They shall attend to it and camp around the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle is to go forward, the Levites shall take it down, And when the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites shall what? Set it up. 
the outsiders who comes near shall be what? Put to death. That's why they camped around the tabernacle to keep people, the common people, from getting too close. You got too close, you would be struck down. Struck down. Verse 52, the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, everyone by his own camp, everyone by his own standard according to their armies. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle. Why? Because they were assigned uh, to be uh, stewards over sacred things, you see. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony that there be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep charge over the tabernacle of testimony. Thus the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they did. So you see here, the the tribal Levite was the tribe set aside to serve God. And even remember the count with Uzzah, the animal stumbled and the ark was about to fall, it shifted. And Uzzah, with good intention, tried to keep the ark from what? Falling. And in his good intention, he was struck down. Now that seemed kind of crude. They said, why? Matter of fact, everybody was disturbed. Joshua was disturbed. They were all disturbed. But you got to understand God took his word seriously because only the Levites were to touch that ark or handle that ark, and anybody else who touched who were not authorized was struck down. As a matter of fact, Uzzah's death was because of the Levites' unalertness. Had the Levites been alert, they would have grabbed the ark, kept Uzzah from touching, and maybe Uzzah would have lived. So actually, Uzzah died from the negligence of the priests. Boy, that's deep there. That's a whole other thing. Oh, God, help me. And so that whole account, the priests were to handle the sacred things. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. Ezekiel 44, 23. If you can't find it, just jot it down and read it in your quiet time. In Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23, it says, And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy, and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. The people... That was their responsibility, to teach the people between holy and unholy, that which is clean and unclean. Beloved, the only way to have life and peace is through obedience to the law of God and a deep reverence for God. In other words, God will not bless or prosper those who are unfaithful to him. He will not bless or prosper those who are not faithful. Only those who are faithful, only those who revere and fear him will be blessed and prosper. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40, it says, it says, you shall therefore keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go, what? Well with you and with your children after you, that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. Let me tell you some parents, when you live right, you live holy, You mean business for God? You lead your family in the way of God? You bring them to church to worship God? You live by the precepts and commandments and statutes of Almighty God? Not only will God bless you, he'll bless your whole house because of your faithfulness to the word of God. Because of your faithfulness to the word of God. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest deserve to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Success comes from being Faithful to the word of God. Be it known to you today, if you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. 
If you are faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. Look at verses 6 and 7. Look what it says. Verses 6 and 7 is the qualities of a righteous priest. Verse 6 says, the law of truth was in his mouth and injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and turned many away from iniquity. Verse 7, for the lips of the priest should keep knowledge and people should seek for law from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. Here I see the qualities of a righteous priest. And the first quality of the righteous priest is that the law of truth is in his mouth. The law of truth is in his mouth. In other words, those who are stewards of the word of God must preach and teach the word of truth. John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. You can't get up here preaching in and everything. Only the truth gonna set folk free. Not political correctness, not little sermonettes which make Christianettes, not little nice, easy sayings, not little messages that pamper, little feel-good stuff to make you think you kind of good. You need to leave here weeping over your sins, mourning over your sins. Listen, you ought to leave here mad and disturbed about your condition. That's a sure sign that you're on your way to a healthy relationship with Almighty God. The priests were responsible to teach the Word of God and to live by the very Word they taught. They taught. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 11 says, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Be it known to you today, beloved, that's why I teach so hard. That's why I preach so hard. And some people say, well, you get lengthy sometimes. That's so good. Well, sin is lengthy too. Folk always ask me sometimes, I'm H-E-B, people have seen me a long time. Folk will ask me, especially common people, uh, just regular folk. They say, are, are you still preaching? And I say, well, are, you, are folks still sinning? Are they cussing and lying? Are they homongering? They're still going to strip joints? As long as they're doing that, I'll be preaching. When they stop, I'll stop. Won't y'all say amen? It's too much sin for me to stop preaching. Ain't no such thing as re- retiring from preaching. Maybe pastoring, but not preaching. Amen. Are demons still on the loose? Amen. The devil still, me- the devil is still messing with you? Amen. Well, I got to preach. Do folk come in with hell in them? And I got to preach it out of them too. (laughs) Y'all preaching is serious business. I like the word preach. P-R-E-A-C-H. I preach to R-E-A-C-H. Reach. E-A-C-H. Each individual with the good news of Jesus Christ. I preach to reach each person with the good news of Jesus Christ. You say, do you get tired? Yeah, I get tired. But you know how Jim Brown, how many of y'all, those old, the old folk don't know, but how many of y'all knew Jim Brown? Yeah, with Cleveland Brown. Boy, he walked to that huddle so, looked like he and not going to barely get nothing. And then you put him down there in that stance, and he run that ball, bust through for another 15 yards, looking, looking like he's tired. And that's, what, that's what, when a person loves the word of God, I don't care how tired you are. I have preached sick. I don't actually, matter of fact, when I am not feeling well, you, I, don't, I don't ever approach this book, but oh, y'all, I am so tired this morning. 
tell me, will y'all please pray for me? I don't know if I'm, I got a tummy ache. I got diarrhea. I got this or whatever. Wait a minute now. Listen, y'all say, well, he's worse off than I am. Maybe he need to sit down and let somebody work on him. I got issues just like everybody else, but glamorizing my issues ain't going to help you. Won't you say amen? Only the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, that's enough of folk with complaining and stuff. I get up here, the issue is not about me, it's about Jesus and you seeing Christ in, in me. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. I preach. I preach. And what's happening is there's a diminishing of the gospel. More music and more raffles and fun and more events. Everybody's having all kind of stuff, but where's the, there's a famine of the word in the pulpit. Strong pulpit, strong church. Weak pulpit, weak church. I'm just going to stand and preach the gospel regardless of how you feel. You know why? Because I ain't going to let you get me in trouble. I'm going to preach. i tell you something else. True, sound, biblical preaching will get preachers in trouble. Because folk don't want to hear. When they hear the truth, instead of internalizing the truth, and say, oh, that preacher's all in my house, all in my life. Who told him? The Holy Ghost is, knows you and knows where you are and messing with you. The Holy Ghost is trying to get your attention. Instead of throwing rocks up here, you ought to wave your hand and say, Lord, have mercy on me. On me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. It's me, Lord standing in the need of prayer, of prayer. I must preach. I must preach because I'm compelled to preach. I must preach because I'm called to preach. Let me tell you something. Preaching is not a profession. It is a calling. Amen. I preach if you give me a check. If you, There were times when this church first started, for years this church couldn't give me anything. I had to be bivocational. I worked in the school system, northeast. My wife worked uh, uh, in downtown for Commissioner Bob Lee. We both had to get out where we had young children. And we, we had to work because the church couldn't afford to take care. But I loved it enough to do for God regardless of what I received because it ain't about what I get. It's about reaching folk for Jesus. I am not here to sell you nothing. I want to give you something that Jesus has already paid the ultimate price for. Amen? I don't get up here pushing Amway and jewelry and folk companies and organizations and all that kind of stuff. That ain't for me. I, I ain't promoting all that. I just want to give folk Jesus. And some folk come to church and get everything but Jesus. But Jesus. And I be it known to you today. Uh, I said the first service I said today. My job is to not see how emotional you can be. Some folk jump and holler and roll over all of the pews and laugh all over the place and foam it all at the mouth and they get up and they're the biggest devil ever on this side of the Mississippi. God is not concerned about how, how you jump and shout. He's concerned about how you walk when you land. Amen. My job is not to make you emotional. Not there is some emotions in worship. And you can see that all in heaven. And I'm not against because I'm a shouting preacher and I can get loud. Amen. I can cut loose for Jesus too. The, I mean, the pre Listen, I wouldn't have a gospel and a, and a God that I couldn't feel sometime. Amen. 
Amen. But, but, but you know what? Churches that look for thrills and emotions and highs and they jumping and screaming and howling and rolling, and when they leave out of there, they don't know what was said, can't give you three points of the message, lives haven't been challenged, and they leave worse off than they can. Satan don't mind you coming to church as long as you don't get nothing, as long as you're not changed. So you can't be all emotions. The other side is that I don't believe God wants us to be all intellect either. Some people can be all intellect and so did he. And what this scripture needs to be exegeted this way. From the exegetical point of view, I find in the beginning was the logos. Now the logos is. Now you know all that's true. Amen. All that's true. And, but I want to tell you something. You can have a whole lot of knowledge and truth with no spirit. Amen. On the other side, you can have all emotions with no truth. <laughs> so, so I believe you have to have both. You got to have some emotions because it's emotions in worship. You got to challenge the intellect because there is an intellectual side that needs to be challenged. I mean, I got to do more than just take folk to the cross. I, how many of you know Jesus was hung up for your sins? Amen. How many, how many know he died for you? How many know he was buried for you? How many of you know he, he rose for you? How many know he's coming back for you? Now, I can get up here and say that. Amen. You can shout on that, and that's good. That's shout news right there. Listen, when you know who you are and what God has done for you in light of being a sinner, that ought to stir you up. Amen. But after I say he rose, then the next challenge is how do I put this resurrected Christ in my life so I can grow and mature and look like the Lord Jesus Christ? The goal of Christianity is to be conformed to the image of his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because a lot of folk will never read the Bible, but they will read your life. And when they read your life, beloved, what kind of message will they receive when they read your life? When they read your life. And what God is saying to you today is it's not just about me and my responsibility as a preacher, but it's also about you in those seats out there. Just like God is not playing with me, God is not playing with you. And God means for you to mean business with God too. You sit there and you, you listen, listen to the message with an analytical spirit instead of with a heart of receptivity. Then you have not worshiped God. Worshiping God is a soul searching of oneself in light of a holy and just God. Holy and just God. God is calling you to holy. God wants you to fear him. I mean, there ought to be a reverential awe and fear of God. I said the illustration, I just use it again. My, my pastor, uh, when I was very young, I remember H.B. Sampson Sr. He told I was a little boy up on the first row. I don't know, I always like to sit on the first or second row when I was a little kid. I always come up and sit at the front, and I would just be intrigued, and I would just look and gaze and receive. As, as a child, I would always hang around the church. I loved coming to church. Used to walk about three miles, the railroad tracks. Train would come by, get off the track, walk on the grass, pass by, walk to church, take the shortcut, and get to church. And, and when my parents got a car, I wanted to go to church. All my brothers and sisters got mad at me because they said, if I got to bring Randall to church, all y'all got to go to church too. <laughs> but anyway, I heard him recount the message, uh, you know, about fearing God. It was this uh, man that was in a little group, and it was thundering and lightning all over the place. 
You, you know, that, I'm talking about not just general. It was that streaky, you know, that streaky kind, that kind that a subject to just knock your socks off. And so this man was out there, I mean, he was in there cussing God, screaming, yelling at God, and all of these things. And my pastor was, he, he was back there in a little corner. And he was just kind of like that because he, with all that lightning stuff, he thought, man, if God strike, I may get a lick of that too. So he, he got way back in that corner and just kind of did one of those down, but just shivering because that man that was cussing God and acting a fool in that light and had no respect for God and light or anything. But my pastor said, you know, nothing happened that day. It was kind of disappointing. He said, Lord, they may cuss God out in the middle of all that lightning and nothing happened. <laughs> Tell me how God works. A few weeks later, <laughs> a little ant, as he was laying down, crawled into his inner ear, stung him in there, set up an infection, and died. Let me tell you something. God, don't, God was saying in there, I don't, have, I don't need zigzag lightning to strike you. I can use a little, if I want to bring you down, I can use the smallest of creature to crawl into your ear and sting you in there and set up an infection that you can't even recover from and die. He said, God said, huh, he won't respect my lightning? Maybe he'll respect my aunt. <laughs> respect my aunt. How much respect do you have for God today? How, how much fear do you have for God? When God says, bring the tithes and offerings, and you put in a little chinchy dollar, you manicure your hair and your nails and your body suits and shoes and wax on these cars, men, and going to the Spurs, paying $100 to see them lose by 20 points. And then you serve a God who's got the victory. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And then you, it costs $5 to park. And you, God gives you breath and air and energy, and you can't honor him with the first portion, with the right attitude in an acceptable way unto God. You're going to answer to God as to how you treat him. He said, why bring me that offering that adds up to manure? Just like manure is cast out, he said, I'll put you out. And God has been too good to you for you to be bringing him that same old mess. How many know God's been good to you? How many of you know if God don't do another thing for you, he's given you already more than you deserve? How many of you know you can count on God? How many, how many, how many of you tried him and you know he's enough? But the question is, can God count on you? Can he count on you to witness and tell, him, tell others about Jesus? Can he count on you to get up at a neighborhood outreach and knock on the door? Can he count on you to get involved in ministry? Can he count on you to get serious about salvation? Can he count on you to live holy and walk the holy walk? You sitting in here and you've had premarital sex, sitting in here thinking you so holy and cute or handsome. God is saying you a stench. You playing, you gambling, got lottery tickets all in your purse, blocking the line where I can't get gas. You a stench. Amen. You're lying and sending children out, go tell them I ain't here, and then walk in here looking like you holy, raising up unholy hands. You ain't, you, 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 you don't talk about them priests. You a stench. Amen. You come in here. And you leave with everything but 
having your time with the Lord, you are a stench in the nostrils of God. If you are messing with somebody that's not your husband or wife, and you got them little sideline cuckabines, you are a stench. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. You're here today, and you cussing, and you saying words that your mama didn't teach you, hopefully, or your daddy, then you are a stench. Stench. And what God is saying, manure needs to be put out. And if God did not play with the priest, let me tell you something, he ain't playing with us. You know why revival is not coming to America as it should? It's because the church is in dire need of revival. You expect revival ain't coming from the White House. Hollywood and Oprah can't usher in revival, not even Dr. Phil with all his so-called secular humanistic answers. Only the church of God. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and what? Pray and seek what? My face and what? Turn from their what? Wicked ways. That stinky low-down ways. You acting ugly towards your husband? Won't he speak at home? And hi, Sister Joe, how you doing? A vice versa. Man, you here looking all good and then talking to your wife down, threatening her, intimidating her. Won't have do. Bad attitude, growling all around the house, but coming to the Lord's house, looking like a, an angel when you're an unholy devil. And God is saying, straighten yourself up. God is calling us to be the people that will bless him and honor him and worship him in the right way. And all God's children said, As Pastor Rander concludes this series, let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice, freely given for our salvation, through never-ending praise, obedience to His Word, belief in His birth, burial, and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.